Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Trinity Episcopal Pocatello podcast. Peace be with you. Reverend Haiti LeCourbier's homily today is based in John chapter 15, verses 9 through 17. She speaks on how God invites us to find joy, even in a troubled world. Here is Finding Joy. May the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts be always acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Let the rivers clap their hands and let the hills ring out with joy before the Lord. I love this image in the psalm we read this morning. It would be fun someday to try to illustrate it to sit a big group of us down at a table with a whole lot of art supplies and see what each person comes up with. I'd love to see how each of us imagines creation itself, celebrating its creator. How each of us celebrates the God who makes the impossible possible. How each of us discovers God's joy in the places and events around us. This image's sense of joy, incomprehensible, unexpected, unreasonable joy, runs through our lessons today. Wasn't the first thing that jumped out at me. Maybe it wasn't for you either. But I think that thread of joy is worth looking for and worth looking at. In our readings, as in our lives, Loving and trusting God has a lot to do with finding that joy when we're not expecting it. And that finding becomes a lot easier, my Utah teacher Mary June Nestler said, when we put on our resurrection glasses. Take our third reading this morning, for example. It's just hours before Jesus' arrest, and joy has to be one of the furthest things away from the disciples' minds. They've just had their last supper with their friend and teacher. He's washed their feet. He has sent Judas away, knowing that Judas will betray him. Peter has insisted that he would never betray Jesus that he will lay down his life for him if he has to. He's just beginning to understand that someday he might have to. Peter is also beginning to understand. The disciples are all beginning to understand that they are going to lose Jesus. For one thing, Jesus has said so. Little children, he said, I am with you only a little longer. You will look for me, but where I am going, you cannot come. It's taking them a while to process some of what Jesus is telling them, but they get that part loud and clear. And he's been quick to comfort them. 
Do not let your hearts be troubled, he says, because in my father's house there are many dwelling places. I won't be with you, he told them, but you'll be with me. The spirit will be with you. I will not leave you orphaned, he promises. And because he is spending so much time on this point, we know, and we know he knows, that they're feeling pretty orphaned already, cut adrift, not joyful. That's where last week's reading began. And these two readings are part of one single continuous speech. Today's reading starts where last week stopped. Abide in my love, Jesus says. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Just as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. I have said these things to you so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. No one has greater love than this, he says, to lay down his life for his friends. The man is about to be tried and crucified, and he's talking about joy. He's about to be betrayed and abandoned, and he is talking about friends. In front of him are 12 guys who have never fully understood what he has been trying to teach them. Guys who have repeatedly asked what they're going to get out of all this. Guys who have quarreled among themselves about which of them is the greatest. Guys who will not be able to stay awake with Jesus for even one hour when he asks them to. And Jesus is grounding his joy his own joy, in their ability to keep his commandments, in their ability to love each other as he has loved them. It's worse. He's grounding his joy in my ability to do those things, yours and mine. He's grounding his joy in my ability to set aside my own self-interest, my ability to stop comparing myself to others, my ability to put other people's needs before my own, my ability to love people who I don't love, and my willingness to lay down my own life for them if needed. Jesus, I am sorry, but I have some bad news for you. Before you see me truly loving every neighbor as myself, you're gonna see rivers clapping their hands. Here, I hear Jesus saying, Put these resurrection glasses on. I always imagine them as round, rimless spectacles. I'm not sure why. They look rose-tinted in my imagination, but when I put them on, the world I see is in grayscale, black and white. I look through them and all the ugly, scary stuff is still there. It's not softened. It's not prettied up. 
COVID patients are still dying outside hospitals in India. Refugees are still drifting on rafts in the Mediterranean. Asian American elders are still being beaten on the streets of America's cities. Those images fill my field of vision, but wherever I turn, there's also something that isn't in black and white. Something I might not have seen if I hadn't chosen to put those glasses on. Maybe several somethings. You can see teams of medical missionaries fighting the pandemic. Young adults gathering to talk about faith in informal dinner churches. A school custodian standing between injured middle schoolers and a shooter. Signs of God with us. To put on my resurrection glasses is to see God working in the world. It helps me find God in the sad and scary places that I have looked for God. But it also helps me find God in the places I haven't necessarily thought to look. It helps me see God's love even for people whose choices and values I am deeply uncomfortable with. It helps me see God's love for me, even in the corners of my own life that I am least proud of. To put on resurrection glasses is to see the way that God is shaping us and changing us to grow closer to God. The way God is preparing us to do more, even if we're not there yet, to love others more, to love God more, to be ready for the unexpected. So I wonder if Peter was wearing his own resurrection glasses in our reading from Acts this morning. This reading comes at the very end of the story of Cornelius, the Roman soldier who calls Peter to his house. He wants to hear Peter's preaching, and he wants his whole extended, uncircumcised, pork-eating, Gentile family to hear it, too. Peter has probably never been in a Gentile's house before, never shared a meal with one. But God gives Peter the grace to see that God is doing something new, and Peter accepts the invitation. He preaches to the assembled household, and there, right there, he can see that the Spirit is with them. He can see that God has called these people, chosen them, found joy in them, shared that joy with them. We can see that God is inviting the community of believers to share it too. No Gentile has ever been baptized. No Gentile has been eligible for baptism. Peter can see that God is doing marvelous things. And Peter baptizes them. As Matt already noted, today is Mother's Day. Hearing these readings on Mother's Day may remind us that many of us already know something 
about looking through resurrection glasses, about not focusing on a child's limitations or failures, but on the way that child of any age is growing and learning, about focusing on all the ways that child is a blessing, no matter how unexpected their path turns out to be about focusing on all the ways that child is a joy. I hope that each of us who has a mother or others in our lives who have filled the role of mothers know something about being looked at through those glasses. May we always be ready to reach for our resurrection glasses to see God more clearly. May they help us see our paths to God, our paths to one another. May they help us see God's joy in us. May they help us see the rivers clap their hands. Amen. are grateful you've listened today and we hope you found something helpful in today's episode. Our mission is to weave God's unfinished tapestry and by listening you are a part of that mission. So thank you. If you would like to know more about our parish or the Episcopal Church you can find us online at www.trinitypocatello.org. Thanks be to God.